your capability to react fast, to come up with the right content and fast after you have collected this insight is critical. So this is this combination of at the same time having this agility to execute, but how the technology enable you to capture and to distribute this content right on time and in the right channel. Today's guest in CMO Talk is Alexandra Gaillard, Vice President Global Brand and Marketing at Signify. This is CMO Talk, the podcast, marketing discussed at the highest level. CMO Talk is sponsored by our valued partner, Adobe. Welcome and thanks for tuning in to CMO Talk. My name is Klaas Weima. I'm a professional marketer, founder of agency Energize and podcaster since 2008. And in this monthly show, we unravel the secrets of world's marketing giants. And I'm Adam Fields. I'm a marketing podcast co-presenter by day and a stand-up comedian by night. And uh, sometimes I get the two mixed up, actually. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, sometimes I'm on stage in a comedy club and sometimes talk about brand strategy and digital transformation. Never gets a laugh. Today, we are honored to have uh, Alexandra Gaillard as our guest. And Alexandra, as mentioned, is VP Global Brand and Marketing at Signify, formerly known as Philips Lighting. Uh, as former athlete of the French national team of synchronized swimming, she started her career uh, as a consultant at Accenture, uh, followed by uh, Dupont. And prior to Signify, she headed up the global marketing and global marketing digital team at Philip Morris. Uh, she's awarded by uh, the trade journal DMN as marketing woman to watch and uh, can regularly be seen as a keynote uh, presenter at uh, international events. Mm, impressive stuff. And today we're talking about Signify, the world leader in lighting for professionals, consumers, and lighting for the Internet of Things. Mm, interesting. Um, Alexandra is the Vice President Brand and Marketing and is responsible for the transition towards a more personalized content strategy. We'll find out later what that means. And um, but what does this new approach mean for a business-to-business company such as Signify? What do you really need to produce the best content fast? Alexandra will share her thoughts and insights right here in CMO Talk. Alexandra, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Happy to be with you today. Enchanté. <laughs> What's your um, favorite content? Which brand or company? I think there are many. Um, what drive, I think, uh, the evolution lately is the company who have been courageous enough to move into more immersive type of contents. Mm. So if you look at B2C, I think uh, Eineken did an amazing job lately. With silver introduction, yes. Yes, exactly. Um, but if I look at the B2B world, mm. um, I think companies who are doing great in creating edu marketing type of content are very changing the relationship. I have one company in mind, Schneider Electric. Uh, what they do is uh, great on social, especially on LinkedIn, then doing live webcast, innovative talks. Mm. And it's very relevant because today, 65% of B2B buyers want less sales-oriented type of content. So while you're educating, you're also, of course, placing your products, your solutions, but you're still uh, fulfilling a a deep need of education. And does that serve for inspiration in your role? That company? Big time, because mm. I mean, in the in the role of uh, Signify, we're working for specifier, lighting architect, installers. Mm. The innovative products, you always need to be educated 
either basic on how to, but as well, um, what are the value added of this product? Because you have a client in front of you that you need to explain why this product would have a superior quality. Yes. Mm. And for the people who don't know Signify. Yeah. I don't really know Signify very much. Here we have one. What, what are the products? What are your main products? Um, Signify is a leader in uh, LED and in, in connected uh, lighting in the stream. So this is also the company that get born after um, Philips Lighting. So uh, this is a spin-off from this company. Mm -hmm. And uh, this is uh, the company as well who is leading in terms of sustainability in the lighting industry. And uh, everyone at Signify is very proud of the accomplishment. Uh, we are carbon neutral in our operation since 2020. There is uh, really a walk the talk at the company and sustainability is at the core of a strategy. And uh, Internet of Thing, as uh, Adam mentioned in the introduction, mm -hmm. is at the very core of Signify strategy. Can you please explain? How does that work? Does that I'm work trying this? to visualize all these lights with Internet of Things. So they're all connected to the Internet. Uh, what's the purpose of that? Well, you could you could have data flying through lighting. Mm. So actually lighting become a new language. And uh, this is how you could be using the Internet of Things to manage a building, mm. to manage your energy efficiency. So the um, possibilities are infinite. Okay. I'm, I'm still trying to visualize it. You, it, it, it. These words of using it for data, sorry, light as data. Mm -hmm. Yes, for instance, think of uh, the, the lighting and the fact that you could uh, use with uh, uh, people getting into a room and then you could uh, analyze how the space is used and you could uh, then have some automation on switching off some of those energy that you don't need. Mm. Think ah. of all the cities today who are struggling and putting potentially light off at a certain time of the day. This is unsafe for people in streets. Uh -huh. And what you want is more to have uh, this on and off, depending on if there is a traffic passing by. So all this is what you could be doing with connected mm. okay, lighting. Okay, so we're talking so with, sen manage... with sensors and, and that sort of thing. Smart yes, lighting. exactly. Okay. Smart, smart lighting. lighting. And okay. you could uh, you could also manage your all uh, city uh, lighting uh, energy with this. But um. it's also used in the consumer space, like you mentioned, Philips U. Exactly. And it's ideal that you can just like uh, program uh, your home, like, okay, that's the time I'm coming home uh, at sunrise, mm. uh, put the outdoor lighting on and stuff mm. like that. Yes. S sustainability, you mentioned, is very mm. important for, for your company. So if I'm a, a Signify customer and I've got a, a big building uh, using your lighting system, what, what kind of energy savings am I looking at? Well, it all depends on your, yeah. your, your building, but I could give you as well a very concrete example. Um, you know that many um, buildings, but as well cities, did not yet uh, move to LED, right? So mm -hmm. this is very important because LED has an opportunity to save a lot of energy and as well as a consequence uh, savings. Yeah. But we, as Signify, have been the first company to introduce what we call an ultra-efficiency. This is an LED plus plus if you want. So if you do compare with a traditional LED alternative, you have the opportunity to save up to more than 40% of, of energy. Mm -hmm. So it showed that there is still a lot that you could do and many um, organizations and the public doesn't know how uh, lighting could really uh, save energy and have a positive impact on the planet. And um, I was wondering, content marketing. 
you have something with that, right? Yes. <laughs> and uh, especially more advanced content marketing, not just the basic content house, but also personalized content marketing. I can imagine that uh, these topics resonate really well in the content marketing strategy, talking about sustainability and uh, not just cost saving, but also how your proposition can actually benef- be beneficial for the world. Yes, that's correct. I would say at the same time, everyone is trying to get into that space. Mm. So there is as well a big greenwashing that is taking place in terms of communication. And I think that's also important for for consumers to be well educated, to be able to make a difference. And that's a little bit missing. Mm. First, not all consumers are concerned by sustainability. We have to face as well the reality, depending on the place of the world where you're living, Mm. your uh, condition of living you have this luxury, yes and no. So um, at the end of the day, uh, there is multiple aspects of the product that could be on sustainability, but Mm. as well on your cost savings, but as well on security, as I was mentioning before. When you live in a you know, cities far away and you have to be going back home as a woman late on the evening, you appreciate the safety that lighting could bring to you. And that's interesting because uh, there are actually several entry points for your proposition to get attention, right? So it can either be on uh, sustainability or it can be on cost savings or it can be on aesthetics because most of the Signify products are beautiful. But then you need data, right? So how can I best target uh, the right person at the right time with the right message? How do you yeah, how do you get a head around it for a global company with that skill? Yeah. A very challenging question uh, and more importantly, very difficult for any company to make it right. Mm. And I'm sure all of you have uh, experienced as well wrong personalization proposal that's uh, been reaching you. Yes. So I think we need to acknowledge that the technology is playing a critical role. Mm. So this uh, race for the best technological environment is very critical. Uh, the capability that you have to have a, a unified customer profile is essential, how you connect those data, but as well bear in mind that data have a lifetime value. So your capability to react fast, to come up with the right content and fast after you have collected this insight is critical. So this is this combination of at the same time having this agility to execute, but how the technology enables you to capture and to distribute this content right on time and in the right channel. Right. And and you own that data. So you have your own, uh, yeah, your first party data uh, at Signify or do you work with partners to collect all that data? We do. Like many companies, you have uh, your first, but you have your second and third party data. So it's yeah, a, combination. Yeah. It's a combination. I mean, there are some data that you're capturing with the consent of your uh, consumers mm. um, and what one of the strategy that many companies trying to go through with the uh, cookie less world coming next is to acquire more of this uh, first party uh, data. So you really need to adjust as well your communication and to create this trustful relationship. Yeah, consent. What is, you would be doing with my data? Exactly, consent is key, right? Can you give an example for the listeners? How do you put that in practice with a concrete product or campaign? How do you use yeah, content marketing as skill? Well. What, what's, what's the value of it is when you could adjust it. Mm. And as a global team, we have uh, the duty to understand that we're working for 50 more countries. And every country is representing different segments of, of consumers and not always online, by the way. Yeah. So when you go offline, this is even more challenging. So as a global organization, we need to inject all those local aspects into the, the communication. Mm. This is a, a work in progress, I would say. This is really an ambition that we have to really inject more of the the local 
talent, but as well the local relevancy into all the communication yeah. that we are doing. Did you can you mention a concrete yeah, project yeah. you're working on? Yeah, is there one particular yeah. particular content marketing yeah. content that you're quite proud of, or that you think really works? Yeah, I think um, we we have a, another connected a smart lighting um, for consumers uh, a product and brand called Wist. This is uh, not as known as Philips Hue. This is not neither Wist 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 W I Z Wist. Yes, and uh, last year we did a, a new um, brand campaign and a new brand positioning for this brand. Very flashy, very um, made for social media, and very disruptive versus the usual type of campaigns that are happening in this uh, uh, consumer product. Well, but what way was it disruptive? Um, for the content, the flashy color. Oh. Uh, if you think of uh, of what you find in in, in smart lighting, mm. this is usually around the purplish, those kind of things. But okay. here we were more towards the cartoonish type of environment. So okay. really... Uh, something that uh, when you uh, scroll down on your feed on social media would be eyes catch. Yeah, stand out. That's important. Mm. Exactly. Mm. That's mm. very important because this um, industry is very busy. You have a lot of new players, and while Philips Hue is leading uh, the, the the this category, <coughs> no. uh, a bunch of uh, small players are already uh, around. So yeah. we wanted this new brand that is coming into the the picture to surface quickly. And what I have appreciated when we worked with the Indian team is that the adaptation of it was very locally relevant. Uh-huh. So the Indian team uh, worked with a Bollywood kind influencer and it was really adapted to the culture. So the, the environment, the scenery, uh, of course, the, the joy that it comes with. And they took the flashy color and adjusted it to also the local flashy color. Right. So this is great mm. because it's still relevant and still aligned with the brand um, identity. Yeah. But you made it very um, identical than yeah. the local culture. Yeah. So this is the type of bridge that are important when you work for global brands. Nice, so global and local at the same time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Global. Exactly. Oh, um, in content marketing and especially personalization at scale, the customer journey and customer experience is vital, right? Yeah. To understand it. How does the customer journey look like for Signify and especially in the B2B context? Because I can imagine that there are so many personas and so many journeys. Yeah, well, it's it's the same than any uh, B2B company, I would say. Um, for the consumer decision journey, of course, it's across many different touch points. Uh, what is important is to be able to adjust to this touch point and what is the goal of uh, a certain persona into this touch point. So mm. the content would create a certain experience. We also have to fully integrate offline and online together. So yeah. this is where it's becoming difficult and many companies are trying to have this 360. The reality is a little bit more cut it. So uh, the consumer uh, journey, you always want that to be optimized, uh, flawless, seamless. So you really always need to look after your data to really enjoy, uh, improve this uh, journey on the flight. Yeah, I was wondering... Um You're a big fan of creating a content house, not only for Signify, but also your, your previous jobs at, uh, at Philip Morris. Do you have a certain recipe how to build a successful content house for the listeners? Yeah, I think to start with content is the vehicle for experience. So the experience is what needs to be really top mind. And the content is the consequence of this experience that you want to offer. Mm. Um, and then the type of content is also driving the type of organization that you need. If you have planned content, 
content, you could continue working as you did by the past, working with agencies on a campaign basis. Yeah. But now with the capability that you have to do social media listening almost real time, you could react to this. And this is where you're becoming relevant mm. as well. You're joining certain conversation. But to do that... You need also to have more of an hybrid organization than ever. So you need to have your own creative. You need the technology that will help you to create, duplicate, and, and of course, distribute this content. And of course, you need all the consumer insights uh, yeah. before and after. Don't want to miss an episode of CMO Talk? Subscribe on your favorite podcast app or on cmotalk.global. Talking about technology, that's exactly uh, in line with the first statement I would like oh, to ask that's you. That's a nice bridge. Well yes. done, yeah. I like bridges. In building a content house and strategy, companies need to start with the right technology stack. Mm-hmm. Uh, and technology is at its core, obviously. This brings me to the very first statement for you, Alexandra. When it comes to content marketing, technology is more important than creative. Um, I think it will become more and more important in the future. And because with technology, you could even replace creative. Mm. Um, today, I mean, I'm sure that all of you have always already tried uh, ChatGPT. I was thinking but about that. could create content for yes. you. Yeah. Uh, you've seen AI um, where you uh, write the text and then all of a sudden you have an avatar that is uh, giving this content live. So mm. that's a reality. So yes, technology is... Do you, think, just, do you think that AI will... Um, Put you out of work. Yes, that's what you're asking, I'm, isn't it? I'm an agency director. No, but do you think that that will? Um, how do you say that? Uh, yeah, replace creativity. Can can it be? No, it you, will accelerate. It will enhance. Oh, yeah. It will optimize. It would bring more ideas mm. in a fast fashion manner. Mm. So it's more the way we, as a marketer, would be using that new technology mm. to make your job better and faster. It's an extra so tool, probably. It is. It gives you more choices, but at the end of the day, you've got to make the choice. You've yes. got to make. You've got Thank to use your, use your intuition <laughs> and all your experience to make the right choice. What you think is the right choice. Um, the concept of content velocity is hot, and there's a lot of if you check the blogs. But what does it mean and what's your vision about it? Well, what does it mean? It means your capability to produce this content fast and to distribute this content fast, but mm-hmm. as well to adjust this content on the fly, ah. which is important because, as I was mentioning, the insight that you're capturing uh, about the consumer have a lifetime. Yeah. And this lifetime need potentially to adjust the content while it is distributed. So this is highly important to have this capability to produce this content as fast as possible, because otherwise you may end up with this content being useless. Yeah. And you have to have a lot of knowledge then about technology as a marketer, right? Is the CMO being replaced by the CDO, the chief digital (laughs) officer, you think, in the future? They're They're often combined, aren't they? Yeah, sometimes they are combined, sometimes Mm. they are different. I mean, every company has its own uh, journey. Um, At the end of the day, I think a marketer to be relevant in the world of today cannot be ignorant of technology. Mm. Uh, That's even one of the important qualities to have because this is a never-ending evolution. And as we were mentioning before, you will have to make technology your ally because that's becoming part of... Yeah, your your own uh, success as a marketer. Mm. In terms of production of content, do you produce content uh, in-house or do you outsource or do you have a hybrid model? 
We have an hybrid model. Mm. Before it was fully outsourced, mm-hmm. it has advantage, disadvantage, speed, velocity, as I was mentioning. Yes. But as well, there are certain critical competencies, skills, capabilities that you want to own mm-hmm. internally because then you could drive, for instance, you could uh, uh, do some um, uh, shoot uh, um, uh, gathering together to get yeah. more efficiency. But as well, there is a certain aspect of the technology that you want to, to own. So having creative directors, but as well copywriters, uh, it's it's important. The fact of having a hybrid model gives you uh, this fluidity of uh, seasonality that you need to absorb, but as well how um, how fast you need to deliver this content. Mm. When you work with agencies and you want to have really a team dedicated, you need to have a return of fear. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, it could have an advantage, but that's also a disadvantage. And, right. I've been working with a tool kind. Yeah, yeah. For me, what matters is to have the right competencies. Yeah. What's the balance at the moment in terms of working internal or externally? 50-50 or...? No, it's it's less for the time being internally because we are we are at the beginning. Uh, we started the content house last year at Signify, mm-hmm. and then you uh, step by step grow your competencies. We made our own errors as well, so you need to understand what are the type of content that you have advantage to produce yourself. Mm-hmm. What are the ones that you better to take this. Um, either high-end technology mm. outside or high-end creativity that you're looking after. Yeah. I think a creative director internally is interesting, but it's always of a challenge. Maybe there is a certain fatigue that will come with it. So Yeah, yeah exactly. When you have the choice, this is the best. Yeah. Uh, is, that, is the goal to go for 100% internal? No. No, no, never. No. no. But I could even also, if you look at you sorry, yeah, if you, yeah. you look at Unilever, who is maybe one of the first pioneers in this domain, uh, they have their mm. own uh, uh, creative content house, mm. but they are still using a lot of different okay. partners. Yeah. And um, as you mentioned, to hire a creative director internally, I can imagine that creative directors need also outside inspiration, don't want to work for one single brand. And with the war on talent going on currently, I can imagine it's really hard to get people aboard eh, to join eh, the internal content creations department for Signify. What's your take on that? Um, you're right, but I think at the end as well, the life in agency is not of an easy one. Mm. Changing client, uh, pitching. I mm. mean, this is about a bit of a stressful environment. Yeah. So um, having this also capability to build a mid and long term impact for a brand. This is also appreciable. Yeah. So so far it works. So let's see. In the so future. your pitch is continuity, right? Yeah. And and stability. Love CMO Talk? Leave us a review on Apple Podcast. We're interested in your opinion, and you'll help others find this podcast too. It's time for some dilemmas, I think. Are you ready for that, yes. Alexandra? Okay, I'm going to present you a few dilemmas um, relating to marketing at Signify. And um, just give me your gut feeling answer. Are you ready? Here we yeah. go. Art or science? Science. Hmm. Creating experiences or reaching quarterly targets? Creativity. New brand or new category? New brand. Hmm. Scale up or corporate Scallop. Customer or employee satisfaction? Mm. Customer satisfaction that employee would love. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Okay, Signify True Li-Fi or Philips My Creation? Signify True Li-Fi. You're going to have to elaborate on that because uh, <laughs> class wrote that, that in. <laughs> class wrote that. I have no idea what I'm saying. <laughs> 
<laughs> what are the what are those two things? Well, true Li-Fi is um, is the usage of the of the lights to uh, vehicle internet. So it's your Wi-Fi via, via lighting. Uh-huh. Uh, it is highly secure, and um, I think it, this is underestimate how this is needed in the world. And and the Philips My Creation. Well, this is the the uh, capability for 3D, so mm. that's very interesting for creativity, for architects, uh, the capability to do uh, your own design. And it has also, uh, if you think of 3D printing in general, it has as well a uh, sustainability impact. Many hotels, restaurants, and even companies usually buy once their luminaire. But if you buy your luminaire, the um, materials that you could be reusing, you have this uh, sustainable approach uh, for all your luminaire in a single space. So that's also very interesting because there is this circular usage. Yeah. Okay. Um, you, yeah. you had a long, hard think about new brand or new category. Yeah. Why did that take a while? Because it's very challenging to mm. bring a new brand, especially in a very established category. And I love this way more as a challenge. Establishing a new category, that was my experience at Philip Morris when we introduced this uh, new product. But that's that's less interesting, less challenging, I would say, for a marketer. Okay. And, and you like the challenge? I like it because this is very, very complicated in the world of today where many brands try to grab people's attention to mm. have a brand that is meaningful, that is making... Um, yeah, that is that is helping consumers to do something better with their lives. So this is way more challenging. Talking of which, you you spent ten years at Philip Morris. Are you happier now at Signify, where you I see you you come alive talking about being carbon neutral already since twenty twenty about the sustainability journey, uh, making the world a better place. In exactly. In your heart, a better place for you. This is a very inspiring company. I mean, and as a marketer, honestly, that's a dream place. Mm. You're working with the best products, products that are bringing the latest innovations. So your job is a very easy. Mm. <laughs> so I think it is a, a very, um, yeah, a, a company that is always challenging themselves. Mm. You don't wait to be challenged by the industry. And uh, so that's a great company for but this. But if, if your job is easy, how do you challenge yourself? Well, because at the end of the day, I think the competition is beyond your industry. Yeah. When you have to invest into Philips Hue versus other type of mm. entertaining or, or home uh, enhancement, this is where we play as well, right? Yeah. So it goes way beyond that that industry. And there's a lot of competition, right? Big time, a lot yeah. of brands from China mm-hmm. coming in, Alibaba, etc. And and but still, after all those years, Philips still remains a number one position. That, that's a quite an accomplishment, I think. Yeah. And yeah, your your Dutch heart swells, <laughs> yeah, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, exactly. That being a Dutch company. Yeah, yeah, yeah. sure, sure. But but I was wondering, do you have any any yeah reason why that is? Well, um, first, it's years that play yeah. a role. I mean, if you, if you look at the top brands, of course, in many uh, different categories, that's also uh, have changed and accelerates. Mm. But the long-standing brands still have a huge value. And if you think of uh, Philips, of course, it brings the notion of quality, reliability. Yeah. Um, so that's very important. And, and I think we all are eager to also be reinsured by, by yeah. those brands. Despite you have new brands coming, that's very important. But you need to continue nurturing those brands. They need to keep evolving. So mm. while the DNA needs to remain uh, uh, the same, um, the way the brand express, the values need always to adjust to be responding to yeah. uh, consumer expectation as well. Nice. 
I would like to ask you a second statement. I will introduce it for you, Alexandra. The new marketing tools embrace virtuality, Web 3.0 and AI. Uh, they bring a whole new level of uh, customer experience that will have a huge impact on content and entertainment. As you just mentioned, that brings me to the following statement. The future of content is immersive also in B2B marketing. Yes. Yes, I, I'm a strong believer in this because... Um, there is, first of all, the digital transformation in B2B has been lagging behind versus B2C. But mm. of course, with the pandemic, we had to accelerate that we like it or not. But uh, many businesses become to realize that that was unavoidable. So which is good. Mm. And then this immersive technology is helping, actually, because there is a complexity in understanding product solutions in the world of B2B. So if you think of education, if you if you think of uh, uh, all this uh, could be simplified by having an immersive uh, experience. Do you have an example in B2B? of an immersive experience or a company who goes towards that space? Because we all know the consumer examples like BMW, Heineken, uh, McDonald's, etc. Yeah, I don't have one that's mm. straight to my mind. That's mm. maybe also a, a reason. I think this is still to be explored. Yeah. Are um, you exploring it with Signify? Yes. What's yes. your team working on? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it's needed. I was mentioning yeah. about education, but I think it's it's essential because mm. uh, th- that's already used uh, into many places, universities, uh, this immersive experience, but yeah. that's, that's critical. So the only difference would be that this is not to create a, a recreational, playful environment. It has to be really uh, uh, purpose-driven. Mm. So uh, many companies are thinking of that. Automotive industry maybe are the ones that uh, in their B2B relationship have been using it, but not for communication. What does the B2B customer need? and How does it differ from B2C? Is there a difference? They need efficiency. What what we see is that their time is a bit more limited. Yeah. And um, the challenge for us is to be able to predict their goal. Are mm. they looking for product information? Are they looking for, they have already in mind or they have enough information and what they want is really to be able to create their own project. So um, I think the, the time is limited. Mm. Uh, the amount of information is massive. So you need to have them to get to the essence of what why they are here. Yeah. And that's the challenge because yeah. of course, uh, depending on their uh, moment in their journey for typical project that allows designer would do, they would be looking for a different product, different information and different interaction with you as a company. Is there still some room for the human touch in B2B? Because you know, we talk about technology stacks and content velocity and all those toolings. Yeah. I was like, well... Where's the human? Tell me there's still place for us, yeah. us mere humans. <laughs> Big time. And this is also what we see is that people are looking, and also post-pandemic, looking at a face-to-face back again. Mm. Um, so if you think of event, um, maybe global events, we could, we could challenge, but local uh, events where instead of superficial relationship, you will already start having some deeper conversations. So this is what we see uh, that is happening, that uh, people are looking for those interactions. But at Signify, we've always been in touch, sales to sales. Uh, So you should see digital marketing as an add-on to this relationship, where potentially when you come at the table, you're already well educated, and then you could have a more fruitful conversation. It's more top funnel instead of lower funnel? Uh, Would you say that like that? Yes and no. It, It is because... 
you want as a lighting designer to be able to find information by yourself. That's mm. what also the B2B consumer customers have evolved towards. They want to be able to find enough information by themselves. Mm. Then when they reach you is to have a deeper conversation. But this deeper conversation could be both physical, but using digital tool. Yeah. We are talking about an immersive experience, but what if... We are meeting with each other and I could show you what uh, Internet of Things mean from a lighting perspective. Mm. And instead of me explaining, you will visualize what does it mm. mean in an office space, as an example. Yeah. So this is yeah. what is important is that this mixed reality would be the next reality. Okay. So a, a mix of uh, uh, VR and AR. Yeah. VR, AR and face-to-face yeah. reality. <laughs> so... Alexandra, tell me, what what was the last aha moment that you had that really inspired you in your work or made you realise something new? I think this last week I have been very intrigued by all those chat GPT, uh, chat Sonic, UChat. Uh, and uh, I came to realise that they are fully part of my team now because they could help us to really progress, to do faster, but mm. as well to challenge because the accuracy, the quality of the answers that we're getting now from AI-based conventional technology is amazing. So this is really my latest moment where I came to realize that from the beginning of uh, AI and what we learned maybe 15 years ago with Watson and so on has largely evolved to a mainstream now. So the key question now is how we will integrate that into a day-to-day life as a marketer. That's interesting. That's also a chance, but where do you start? Well, by doing, yeah, <laughs> I yeah. think it's, it's the best things to your experience. Mm-hmm. What is great as well is that a lot of people are trying things. So learning from those mistakes where there is a real value, um, you could be using it in SEO, in copywriting, in uh, yeah. creative ideas that could be generated. So I think the limit is not uh, achieved yet. So let's try it. That's the have, most important. Do you have a favorite tool? Well, I've been using ChatGPT because that yeah. was the one that was really uh, highly popular. Uh, now I want to use the one that are more related to uh, a marketing because there are some that mm. are more specialized. Oh, interesting. Okay. We'll put them in the show notes. I'm interesting. I use uh, copy.ai. I love it. Uh, anyway, um, I also have some personal questions. Yeah. Who or what inspires you most? Well, I think it's uh, my obsession for customer. If I look at uh, my my work, I love the fact that it's changing a lot. Mm. And uh, it's, of course, you can't really separate what you see in your private life and what is the consequence on the interaction that you have to create as a marketer. And I think the education, the demand that now consumers have towards brand are very inspiring and you really have a duty. So I love that today we are way more in an equal relationship, Mm. that uh, uh, GDPR play an important role as well. So there is more of a respectful relationship and you need to build that trust and you could easily lost it. So I think Uh it's a very interesting environment. So I love that part, that's something else that inspires me a lot because I see that humans are evolving. I see my sons working already into a completely different spaces. So I think this is also the capability that we have as grown professional to be able to unlearn what we've been told and what yeah. we think by the past was working. So challenging this would be essential to be able to how, adjust. How do you, how do you unlearn stuff? Is that is that the challenge? It is. I mean, I learning think, new stuff is one thing, but unlearning old patterns. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's it's the observation, but as well looking at that with different eyes. 
kids are a very good example these days because they don't take things for granted. They always try a different way. And sometimes we lost this childish approach yeah. of, of thinking that maybe this is not the right way. Yeah. How old are yours? For- they are 11 and 13. Okay. So All right. That age. age. Okay. Okay. That age. So uh, during which uh, previous job did you learn the most about marketing or, or about yourself? I learned a lot when I when I started digital marketing at Philip Morris, especially because when you work for a tobacco company, you have a lot of constraint and you have to make the extra mile versus anyone else as a marketer because you can't advertise to anyone else. So you need to be really um, hands on in the tools because then you need to use them to the extreme. So by doing things by myself during this time was really very helpful to grow my knowledge in that domain and very stimulating. When you look at um, marketing trends, because you're obviously a great marketeer and you know the trends, which trends or which trend do, uh, appeals most to you at the moment? Well, I think the influence of technology in general, but on the B2B world, the expectation is growing. And as I was mentioning before, the sales driven content is not Mm. expected anymore. So there is a demand for more. There is a demand for uh, being respectful of my time, my investment, my data at the same time. So I think this is what is uh, also uh, one of the important trends is that you have human behind the screen, that you're B2B and B2C, but B2B becoming way more uh, professionalized. And if you could, not only with your communication, but with your ecosystem, offer a place where you would help those professionals to develop their business as well, to accelerate their business, you have a great chance to become a reliable and long-term partner towards them. Nice. Any advice for young uh, marketers listening to CMO Talk at the moment? Um, learning on the fly will be one of the key competencies to uh, to have. And is even today, we are talking about, like, I'm sure 10 years ago, your job had nothing to do with what you're doing today. So I think this is highly important. Mm. I read lately that uh, 80% of the job that would be there in 2030 are not existing today. Mm. I knew about that, but not to that proportion. Wow. And it tells a lot. So yeah. you need to keep your eyes open. You need to keep learning and being hands-on and doing things by yourself is the best way to also be very stable and solid with your knowledge. Nice. Mm. What, what do you love most about being VP marketing? Not too much to be VP, but uh, I have a chance to work with an amazing team, all of them with their own expertise, but as well uh, challenging the way we are doing things. Uh, Signify is, of course, has a huge heritage heritage from from Philips. And what I love with this team is that they're really challenging the way we are doing things, trying to do things differently, faster um, and radically different. So I think this is what is the most inspiring every day. And on the other side of it, what's your biggest headache? I guess my is the same than any marketers. We always need to go to the moon with almost a ship that goes to the other part of the ocean, right? <laughs> so um, I think it is very important for marketers to be able to uh, uh, create a sense of ROI, and that is not easy, but as well to make sure that we could demonstrate the, the brand building and brand equity that we bring to a company. Is that the discussion you have with the, the CCO or with the CFO? Um, I would say with everyone in the company, because Mm. you need also everyone to have this common uh, direction. 
Um, but this is uh, this is something that um, I guess any marketer have in any any company for the time being. I mean, at least in my discussion with my peers. <laughs> Final question for you. Who should we interview next? Yeah, well, I would say for me, uh, personally, bring in Elon Musk and I ask him what is his strategy with Twitter. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'll just is, call him is, after this. Is there a strategy? Maybe <laughs> <laughs> ask, is there a strategy? Would be the question. Yeah. Exactly, <laughs> to start with this. Yeah, so yeah. maybe, and I know you're looking after a marketer, but he is so much into marketing anyway. So he has all the C uh, hats. So he could be one of the good ones. But yeah. I'm curious to see what is the strategy. Yeah. Me as well. Well, uh, Send him a tweet. Yes, I will. <laughs> Thank you, Alexander. It was a pleasure having you today as our guest in CMO Talk. And for all the listeners, thanks for listening to this episode with uh, Alexander Gaillard about content marketing and personalization. Don't want to miss out any episode of CMO that you can easily subscribe on cmo2.global. And we also talked a little bit about B2B marketing. And we interviewed Dean Aragon before, and he's the CEO of Shell Brands. And he has a great vision about B2B marketing. So check it out on cmotalk.global and stay tuned because next month we'll be talking to Abhinav Kumar, which is the CMO of TCS. Thanks for listening. Please visit cmotalk.global for more interviews. The CMO Talk podcast is developed and directed by Energize. Audio mixing and mastering by voice booking. CMO Talk is sponsored by our valued partner, Adobe.